Thank you so much. It's beautiful to be sitting close to you today and hearing the beautiful voices of our choir and our, our church. Uh, good morning, everybody. Please join me. Uh, the second reading from 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 12 through 31. Hear now the word of God. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. It is good to be with you this morning. As the bulletin indicates, and some of you may know, I recently completed a lay ministry program through the Presbytery. Exactly two years ago, I had my first conversation about the Commission Ruling Elder program with Pastor Ken over coffee just down the street. That was less than two months before the lockdown, so my program was fully online, and I actually have still never met any of my cohort in person. It was a unique time to complete the program, to be sure, but I am grateful for the learnings and support of this church and the Presbytery, and I'm looking forward to what's next. Some of you may ask why I did this, changing careers at what may seem like a late date. The most obvious, obvious answer is, I felt a calling. A calling, a calling to serve, a calling to give. Many of us feel a calling, but they are individual callings. In our own congregation, 
Abby Golden is called to run our food pantry. Dale Deerdorf and his committee are called to serve in social ministries. Pam Boudreau is called to make our sanctuary bright with colorful banners. And Bill Moore is called to rake leaves for members in need. God bless you, Bill. Leaf raking is tough. We are all called in different ways with different unique gifts to serve God. Just like you, I have followed an individualized path in my life that has ranged from nursing home administrator to real estate agent and several other work activities in between. Although they all had good takeaways and blessings, they had their challenges as well. Jesus and his path also had challenges, as well as challenging us. After all, in the hometown where everyone knows you and watched you grow up, no one can truly be a prophet. In front of his congregation in Nazareth, his hometown, we read in Luke that Jesus stands up and speaks from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, unrolling the scroll containing that ancient text and thereby stating clearly his agenda for ministry, bringing good news to the poor, proclaiming release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, let the oppressed go free. It was a heady and ambitious agenda spoken to his home congregation those he grew up with, those who had known him from before. And just as quickly, he sat back down, but with one more message. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. If he didn't have everyone's attention already, that probably did it. Jesus challenged his listeners, the people he knew. Like us, each of them was an individual with unique gifts and talents. Although God puts before us blessings that make us unique individuals ready to shine, God also challenges us, challenges that may resemble Jesus' charge to the congregation. And how do we address those challenges? By forming a community called in Christ. What a blessing is the church. For nearly 2,000 years, Christ's followers have come together in worship, whether it be on a Sunday, a Saturday, or any day so, so proclaimed. At Sunnyside, we have come together for more than 150 years. What an inspiring legacy. We all come together on Sundays, whether it be here in person or online via live stream, with different backgrounds, different perspectives, yet with one common purpose, fellowship with others as Christians, followers in Christ. Being a follower of Christ is not a solo journey nor a private quest. Baptized into Christ, we belong to one another as intimately connected as the body parts Paul references in 1 Corinthians and just as dependent on the unique and valued characteristics that each part of the body has. As Paul says in our text for today, we are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. The question that must then be asked, as a church, what are we doing in the name of Christ? What is our agenda, not just as individuals, but as a community? And how do we as individuals with unique talents and gifts come together to determine that agenda what, are we, what we are doing in service to Christ and to others. To answer that question, we must know our mission, what God has given us to do. I have been Presbyterian all my life and blessed to be a member of churches both big and small. But regardless of size, those that were successful in their mission focused on bringing the community together in common purpose. For the larger ones, it might have been for a significant project such as building a habitat house, kudos to Sunnyside. For smaller churches, it may have just been a single intergenerational worship service each Sunday. 
It doesn't matter how large or small the congregation, what matters is that we come together in service. What are examples we could cite as our coming together in service? Well, how about the following? An active food pantry helping to meet the needs of those less fortunate, a commitment to serve rain or shine, even throughout a pandemic. Or members stepping up to provide shelter and comfort to Afghan refugees. Beautifully cared for banners that witness the love of God. Or a simple offer of rake, leaf raking to anyone in need. And many of us could not have even been part of this Sunday service the past two years, but for the amazing live stream technology, so well managed by a dedicated team, as committed to that service as are those dedicated to serve the less fortunate, those in need of a new life, light and joy in this beautiful place, and a few less yard worries each fall. Romans 8.28 is one of my favorite verses. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We can't all be ears or eyes. That would be a strange body indeed. But instead, we form the full body of Christ when we are working together. And Sunnyside is showing it can work together. Sunnyside is a generous congregation. Many of you may have just received your year-end statements. Thank you, dedicated financial secretaries. And the letter from Pastor Joel. How encouraging it is that we have continued our healthy pattern of giving during this time of trial, way beyond what was budgeted. What a blessing. But as we see every day, giving encompasses many forms, each of which can bring us closer together. That is what we are called to do as Christians. We are called to enjoy God's gifts and to share them with one another. Now it's time to think of the greater church, for we are, we are not just this one body of believers, but part of an even larger nationwide community of believers. As a connectional church, we as individuals come together with different backgrounds and gifts, forming one church, showing both our diversity and interdependence. Each year we're asked to do our part, so the greater church body comes together to make a whole. Per capita is a set amount of money per member that congregations pay to the larger Presbyterian Church so that we can share in the cost of sustaining our witness to Christ. Sunnysiders have shown their commitment to Christ through the time and talents they share every day. Let us agree to carry that commitment forward, and we can do that by sharing some of what we have with the greater church through our per capita giving. The former stated clerk of the PCUSA, Grady Parsons, wrote that the diversity of our worship and ministry gives hope for the future of our denomination. Reverend Parsons sees a willingness to connect to our resurrection faith, to connect to our community, all while connecting to our denomination, which is a source for different ministries and growth. After all, it provided me an opportunity to serve the greater church. Being a connectional church takes both the contribution of your per capita gifts the work of pastors like Joel and Susan, and elders who serve together to advise, guide, and govern our general assembly, synods, and presbyteries, as well as many contributions that members like you have made. After all, we need heads, feet, and hands to be the body and the church. My words before my home congregation are those of encouragement during these challenging times. I am grateful for the many parts of my life that have led me to serving the church in any way that I am able. God has been so good to me, and we should be grateful that God has been good to us as a community and as the
Let us continue to come together as a community, both for each other and for Christ. Amen and amen.